Yeah. You know what? I like to play. No dickity, no doubt. Play on, play at. Play on, play at. All right, hello and welcome to the debut episode of Conversation with Intent. I am Eric Wartman and I am with my main man, my homie, my friend, my confidant even, Brandon Wood. Thank you very much. That was uh, a resounding introduction. I don't think I can live up to those standards, but uh, yeah, definitely happy to be here. Um, this is the pilot episode. This is the first one that we're yes, doing. It is. So uh, yeah, let's get it going. Yeah, let's, let's let's give it up for our main man Brian McGuire Woo! on the decks. Woo! Are you on the decks? Or are you behind the board? What are you? I'm decking He's on decking. the board. He's decking on the board. That's so, industry speak. Yeah, that's industry, yeah. He's our sound engineer, the resident <laughs> sound engineer. You guys heard of planking, right? Yeah. Not, we're decking now. Okay, so it's decking. <laughs> Aside from planking and owling. We are decking. We should let the people know. We are decking from the 22nd floor of 500 Woodward way in the, in the iProspect headquarters. Yes. It's a, kind of a gloomy Detroit day. Yeah, well, the Detroit headquarters, nonetheless. The Detroit headquarters. The Detroit world headquarters. Yes. Um, so, again, like, this is the first episode that we're doing. This is Conversations with Intent. Um, how it goes. The idea behind this is that we are search marketers and we want to discuss search marketing and the ecosystem that it is and what's changing throughout the industry that we work in. So, this is a great um, vehicle for us to kind of have these conversations and um, discuss the news and any sort of uh, new things that are coming up or any sort of pain points that we know are happening within our own office or that people might be happening or having in their own industries. So, um, yeah, this is what this is, and um, we're going to kick it off from there. We have kind of a... Yeah, what are we talking about today? Yeah, we have kind of a lengthy agenda today. So, first of all, we're going to talk about ad blockers, right? Because there's a lot going on in the news um, with iOS 9 being released and understanding what ad blockers are. We're going to discuss um, Google's big announcement on using um, first-party data to actually target users um, with AdWords. And then, finally, we're going to probably wrap it up with an overview of probably some of the biggest news in search marketing this year, which was the Bing and Yahoo breakup. Yeah. The mom and dad are fighting. They got upset. They left on good terms, did they? Did they I, think right? they, I think they left on good well, terms. We'll, but get it, we'll get into that, I guess. Yeah, we'll discuss that for, uh, further. But um, Which one's mom? I would say Ooh. Yahoo is mom. And not just because of Marisa, right? No, no, not, of course not. I would say Yahoo's mom because yeah, mom. Yahoo seems to have a lot of the answers. Remember Yahoo Answers back mm. in the day, and that was the place that you'd go to and find some information. And the interface is purple. Oh, no, the interface oh. is purple. Right. Well, what's that got to mean? I mean, you're I like right. purple. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No traditional gender roles here yeah. on the conversation True. with the ten podcast. True. I I think I would say Bing is the dad because when you think of Bing, you think of Microsoft and you think of Bill Gates. Well, and and your dad is more likely to go Bing. Yeah. Right. And your mom's more likely to go, Yahoo! Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay, there we go. We figured it out. We figured it out. It works. Oh, like well, yeah. No, it's going to be a fun day. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. It is the uh, the first episode, but we hope we'll, you'll stick with us. Uh, we got a lot of good information. It's going to be fun. It's going to be light. Uh, we're not taking calls. Nope. We don't have your answers. Uh, maybe eventually we'll do a Twitter feed to get some, get yeah. some uh, interaction going. But right now it's just going to be just be the three of us uh, vamping, looking out the window of... Uh, what is that, Larned? Yeah. There? That's, That's Woodward. Woodward. Woodward and the 22nd Woodward floor. Woodward and Larned. For Woodward those not in Detroit, Google Maps, uh, Woodward and Larned. 
Yeah. You can see the uh, the Guardian building and then our lovely crown of a, a castle. Uh, shouts to Dan Gilbert, by the way. Big 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 shout out to Dan Gilbert for uh, keeping our building. Oh yeah, title. because he purchased our building and now that yeah. he owns it, now yeah. we are now his tenants. Yeah, we are. Minions, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for it. He's yeah. doing he's doing wonders for the city. There's more there's more cops directing traffic in. It's easier for me to get in the building. I noticed that. I did yeah. notice that there's definitely yeah. more uh, police presence around yeah, the building. It's a secure environment. We're good. We are safe, Mom. We are safe. We're good. Yeah, everything's okay. Um, like Eric was saying, is that we don't have a Twitter feed. Um, we don't have an email address, so there's not going to be any questions. We don't even really have approval episode. to do this. We're just kind of going. <laughs> are we? We're, we're like we're we're rogues. We're rogues. Right? Yeah. We're we're buccaneers this is, this on the high concept. seas right yeah. now. This is, this is a pilot seas. episode. The high search seas. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into um, the first topic then. So ad blockers, right? Yes. Um, talk to me about them. What are they? What's going on? Hit me with your hot take, um, all the knowledge that you can drop. Mm-hmm. Well, Go. ad blockers have been around for a while. You know, they're, I think uh, what ad block was the, you know, pretty much ever since uh, you could put extensions in your browser, ad blockers have been coming up. Um, but they're really in the news now because with the release of iOS 9 that dropped about a week or two ago, um, Apple opened up what they call the WebKit Content Blocker API, and that allows developers to block ads through the Safari, Apple's default browser. So, of course, from there, you know, when Apple does something, you have a critical mass, everyone's all in on it. So a bunch of app developers then um, went ahead and put some ad blocking apps in the App Store. And uh, a bunch of them went up to number one in the App Store. A lot of them were, were dominating. I think there was as many as like three or five in the top ten. Um, so everyone was downloading. A lot of people were installing these. But it brings up a lot of interesting questions, especially for people like us that, you know, make their living off of, you know, working with clients and placing their ads and stuff. So um, the obvious take is, okay, if you're not seeing ads, what are companies paying for? And then, you know, there's a lot of sites out there. New York Times, uh, well, New York Times has subscriptions too, but obviously a lot of sites um, that generate their revenue and only revenue from advertising. So if you are blocking their ads, uh, advertisers aren't going to give the sites as much money. There's going to be fewer, there's going to be less money to go around to pay the talent, to get content. So it really kind of throws away the uh, entire ecosystem and and uh, the whole economy of advertising and browsing content on the web um, kind of puts it in flux. Um, there's some other interesting angles. One of them is that a lot of these ad blockers, they're not free. So you have to pay the app developer to block ads. So think of it as almost kind of like a, uh, you're like a premium service. So instead of seeing ads when you go to TheVerge.com or ESPN.com, you're now paying um, an app like Peace or Crystal, um, as many as $3. Some of them are like $0.99. Cents. Some of them go up to as much as $3. So Apple basically opened it up, and a little developer is able to take your money, basically bypassing any money that would go to the publisher. So you're still there's still money being exchanged, but it's going to the app developer then. Right. So from there, it's, it's, it just brings up a lot of interesting questions. So that's kind of why it's a hot topic. Yeah, so... Like, um, with these, with like you mentioned, Crystal and Peace, um, what sort of ads are they blocking and what ads aren't they blocking? So are they blocking ads that are like in-app on your mobile device? Are they blocking 
search ads that are showing up uh, on Google and Bing and Yahoo? Are they blocking only like banner and display ads or anything on the GDN? So explain to me more about what exactly they are blocking and what they possibly could show. Well, how the ad blockers work is typically they have a list of servers that serve ads. So things like uh, Google DoubleClick or whatever, they all come from a specific set of URLs. So you yep. create a giant uh, blacklist almost, and then it basically just shuts off access uh, coming to your browser from those sites. So if you have an ad running through Google's DoubleClick, it just won't show that. So I believe uh, some paid search ads, like if you're on Google.com, those might come through, I'm not sure. But um, the justification the app developers said is that ads are becoming too intrusive, they're taking up your battery on your mobile phone, they're using your data plan on your mobile phone, and that's that's kind of not really the, uh, they almost have like a, like kind of the implied contract. So when I go to a site, yeah, I know, I'm going to read this article and I'm going to get some ads, that's fine. But I'm, I'm agreeing to that, but I'm not agreeing to you, you your, uh, the advertiser gobbling up my data and my battery and everything. So that's kind of how the developers are, are trying to sleep good at night. Okay, and those um, are like the, you're talking about like those rich media units that are just like yes. automatically playing and yep. loading and taking forever. But it could be anything, basically any ad that is pulling from some of those servers that they can identify. So the developers are saying, well, uh, these ad block developers are saying, well, advertisers just need to get smarter and develop less, you know, uh, less obvious ads and ads that are more streamlined, use less battery and data and uh, so they mentioned native advertising a okay. lot, or advertorials, saying that's how ads should be moving to. But then again, the question is, well, should the ad, these ad blocker developers be the ones choosing the type of ads we see and, and uh, really you know, kind of taking the power from the publishers or the, uh, the sites that are that are holding the or housing the advertising. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's a that's a great kind of segue there because you need to know whose power. It's like who's who has the power when mm -hmm. it comes to those ads, right? Obviously, the publisher, they own the site, and their way of generating revenue is going to be through selling ad space and then serving those ads. So maybe it is um, a combination of them maybe coming to an agreement to understand the actual amount of data that's used for these ads, especially on mobile devices, um, particularly on mobile devices, that... Um, when these ads are loading and serving, actually gobble up the actual user's data plan. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a lot like like in Europe, you you have to have uh, more consent, be more obvious if you're tracking with cookies. So maybe you could say something like that, where you know we could get you to these uh, premium features that we have okay. if you agree to use more battery life or whatever. Okay. But it's it's a slippery slope because one more interesting thing is. Um, the uh, the developer for one of the most popular apps, Peace, uh, it's Marco Arment, I think is how you pronounce his name. And actually, he went ahead and pulled. I think he made he made tens of thousands of dollars uh, from his three dollar ad blocker app, and then suddenly had a change of conscience. So much so much so so that he called up the app store and was like, "Hey, can you pull my app and refund anybody who paid for it?" Because oh wow. You know, he must have uh, read a few other tweets or maybe talked to some publisher or advertising friends, and he, you know, basically couldn't sleep at night. He just saying, got like I'm a, making got all like this a money. nasty worded letter from, exactly. from Viacom or something. Yeah, yeah, probably one of his drinking buddies, you know, <laughs> works for, uh, you know, works for some major ad corporation yeah. and, you know, told him. And so he kind of said, you know, hey, this, uh, you know, great power, great responsibility. He probably freaked out a little bit. And so he ended up saying, you know, I, I want to get out of this. And so he um, ended up having the App Store refund his customers and... Um, pulling out. Wow. 
That's super interesting. Um, so knowing that, right? So he actually, the peace guy, paid or pulled his his app from the store, and then obviously another one came about, which mm-hmm. is Crystal, right? Which you mentioned before. Yep. Um, do you think we're going to start seeing? more and more of these hyper-sophisticated ad-blocking apps come through? Or do you think it's going to start being built in to the actual um, operating system interfaces, much like um, what iOS 9 is trying to do? I think it's going to be a bit of a fad. I think it's always going to be around, but I don't think you're going to see the critical mass. Um, so the a bunch of these apps have already dropped out of the top 10 or 15. Okay. Uh, some of them are not even in the top 25. So I think you kind of have a certain set of users that are going to be really into this, and they're going to they're gonna use it. Um, you might have some advertisers react to it a little bit. Maybe they'll be able to detect if you're running some sort of ad blocker. Okay. And then, you know, have a, like we talked about, have some sort of form of consent. Be like, hey, this long feature, this article that we know is very popular, be like, in order to view this, you are going to have to look at this ad. Okay. You know, even on the side rail or the banner or whatever. So I don't think it's going to get to the point where you're not going to have a full proliferation of everyone using ad blockers. I don't think uh, your normal people or your mom and dad are going to be uh, using ad blockers. But it is going to be out there. It's something that advertisers should be concerned about. It's probably a little bit of a market correction. So you have these giant ad units that are taking up a lot of bandwidth. So maybe advertisers are just going to have to be a little more smart about it. And if they are doing something, it better be a very good advertisement, something yeah. that uh, people don't mind seeing. Um, so I, I think it is kind of a heat check for advertisers and sites that, you know, maybe you're, uh, you know, the market's kind of responding. And if more people keep downloading these ad blockers, that's a big signal. If it kind of goes away, maybe it's not too bad. You have some people that are angry. You're always going to have people that are angry. Yeah. But, uh, don't I know it? But I don't think I don't think it's going to stick around as long as some people fear it will. But it's definitely something that advertisers and uh, site owners and any content uh, makers should be aware of. Yeah, I think um, I think you you brought up another good point as as far as you know us being on the advertising side of this, right? And how do we react to something like this? Um, it's putting the appropriate units in front of the appropriate people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's obviously getting more sophisticated in the way that we do business and how we actually target our units towards the user, right? Mm -hmm. Because if someone goes onto, say, ESPN.com and uh, on their mobile device and they see an ad that probably they don't, like, resonate with, you know, they're going to get more angry at that Mm -hmm. than if they were to see an ad that they're like, oh, wait, you know, I'm already familiar with this product. I already purchased this product or I have some intent on purchasing this product in the future, Mm -hmm. then uh, they might let it slide. So I think it's going to be up to us as marketers to get more sophisticated in identifying those people and targeting our ad units to the most effective place. Because knowing that these ad blockers are out there, that we could potentially be you know, committing our dollars to not reaching the amount of people that we um, originally would want to. Mm-hmm. Or people that, yeah, they're not interested, they're, they're going to get mad. But if yeah. it's a, like I, we were talking earlier, I watched that Wells Fargo Don Ovan ad <laughs> yeah, all over. I'm all not day. looking for a new bank, but hat trick got Rick. my man Don Ovan <laughs> and hat trick Rick in there. So. Have you seen that, Brian? No. Oh, gosh, no. it's awesome. That's a great ad. So Brian, Brian and everyone else will go YouTube the Wells Fargo Don yeah. Ovan. Yeah, with Spray Tan Dan. Spray Tan Dan. So anyone looking for a Halloween costume, just uh, fire up that Wells That's Fargo so spot. so good. It's so great. good. That's what they don't have is ad blockers for TV, right? That's what a DVR yes. is. 
Yeah, TiVo. TiVo actually, yeah. TiVo came out with a new button. I think it like one button. It skips uh, commercials now. Nah. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. But who who still buys TiVos? Dude, I did a TiVo. Um, I did a TiVo presentation in my speech class at Ball Ooh. State, the Ball State University. Ball State, getting some shout action. out, chirp chirp. Muncie, Indiana. Muncie. Fun All right. Muncie, fun Yeah. Fun right? Indiana. That's where it's at. Is that Indiana? That's where yeah. it's at. Is that where uh, Dave Letterman went? It is. Me and Dave Letterman. Letterman. So you, two, you and Dave Letterman. Me and Dave Letterman. It's a small alum, small but distinguished Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's going to be the Brandon Wood Memorial Stadium here pretty soon. So I feel like I, I was smelling a transition. I thought, I thought you were pivoting. So you were talking I was, about. I was going to pivot real quick because, well, we talked about TiVo, and I want to get on with my story about college. Go, go Cardinals. <laughs> chirp, chirp. Maxion. No, I did, a, I did a TiVo speech in my speech class, and it was about how TiVo was this brand new thing, and like stopping live so television was the craziest thing. Oh, yeah. And now, like 12 years later, of like what my life would be like without a DVR is completely insane. I have no idea. No idea. Oh, yeah. But that's, uh, sorry, I, I got sidetracked with a little nostalgia for my. Anytime you can bring up that, that max, those max schools, that Midwestern yeah, education. Yeah, exactly. School. Someone's, someone's well, got to hold it down. I was going to say, you were, uh, you were talking about how advertisers should just, you know, be, they could combat this by having more relevant ads and better targeting. Yeah. Is there any, any news on targeting or? Oh, look at you. Oh, there we go. So well I'm setting done. you up. I'm setting you up Gosh. for this. If it was a snake, it would have bit me. That was awesome. <laughs> um, yes. Big news, Warman. Big news. Uh, so Google just announced that they're going to be actually launching um, customer match, which means uh, advertisers are going to be able to upload first-party first party data and target um, search Gmail and YouTube ads mm. to those actual Gmail addresses. So, and this this is a big deal. This is this isn't one of their new kind of you know interests targetings on gdn or anything right this, this is a big deal yeah so this is a this is a very big deal i mean i think this is um very groundbreaking for the industry that we work in because it allows advertisers um to actually tap into the advocates that they have in their crm platforms mm-hmm. right so in the email lists that advertisers begin to accumulate over the years, um, they start. They, they they previously have had very limited reach for that. And normally, it was just email lists. Um, you could blast out an email to them, or um, Facebook um, and Twitter allows uh, first party targeting, where you can target Facebook and Twitter ads to them on their mm-hmm. social feeds. But never before in the actual search platforms. So we know Google is the monster of search platforms. It, it owns, I believe, 86% of the share. Um, that's probably wrong now. Um, but it's everyone uses it, and it is a platform that entices conversations between users, advertisers, and actual um, websites. So knowing that, the... Uh, Allowing an advertiser to tap into their own advocates allows us to present a more tailored message based around what that person is searching um, because we'll have their their email address in our list and we can identify more appropriately what they're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And then effectively answering that question that they typed in their, um, right. um, their search bar. 
Yeah. So you mentioned Facebook and Twitter. So this is something that's been around for a while. Do you think this is kind of a reaction? Because I know other uh, other ad platforms or social networks have been using allowing you to bring in first party data. Is this is this something that Google maybe saw as a threat? No, I don't think so. I think this is um, them just evolving um, their software to meet more market demand right. um, because advertisers are continually trying to get more targeted, mm-hmm. more local. Where can we reach that person closest to the point of sale? Um, and doing so by tapping into CRM data allows us to not only retarget people, especially in the retail business, Right, and we're pushing out specific retail messages to those folks that we know who might be um, like card carrying members for a membership club or um, who have purchased online in the last 30 days. Right, so we have the ability to retarget them through multiple different platforms and not just in search but in in Gmail ads and in YouTube as well. So we can hit them on three separate places from one point of data mm-hmm. allows that messaging to not to hit them lower in the funnel and keep them coming back to make more purchases online. All right. So let's get a little little like inside baseball on it. So how how okay. does it work? Because you're not you, Brandon Wood, are not being handed a list of everyone's emails and then no. uploading it. Like what what are what are the ways this kind of gets implemented but make sure that people's because people are gonna hear this, they're gonna say well, now all these other people have my email right. address just sitting on their desk on a post-it note. How, do, how does it work so that right, the, right. And the I mean, average consumer Yeah, so like average protected. consumers, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not in the advertising biz um, and you don't understand that um, data is collected, um, then I'm sorry. This is a spoiler Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Your, your data is collected. That, that shop, the example I always your use data is that, that Kroger collected. card or that Walmart card that you Every have. Every time that, you sign up for something, yep, they, your they know what you're stuff buying. gets put into a list, yeah. right? Also, um, Bruce Willis was dead at the end of Sixth Sense. Ah, what? Spoiler alert! I that's the one M. Night Shyamalan movie I haven't seen yet. I know. True. No, I'm just, I'm just D- done. Uh, Brad Pitt's wife's head was in the box. Oh, the end of seven. oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry for the spoiler, but I digress. This is um, we'll, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the show notes. This, this is a spoiler podcast. So if you don't want any for late nineties block, <laughs> I think there, there's like a seven year window. I think if yeah. something happened, like you know, like hey, uh, you know, I'm not. I, I can tell you who died in Sopranos right now. Yeah, you know? right. Like exactly. like Breaking Bad, you still got to be careful with it. But right, Sopranos. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, Sopranos. No, I, I mean definitely. Spoiler should... alert: They order onion rings for Sopranos. <laughs> Love onion Those rings. Soprano heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, okay, so uh, I forgot your question. What was it? Oh, about uh, lists and and how yeah, we go yeah. about this, how right? Do, so, how is the consumer so, protected? So when the email is uh, it's Gmail specific, right? So when the Gmail address is collected, obviously companies have their CRM databases. Um, where they house all of this consumer data. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be then given in a secure way to their advertising partner who would then upload it into um, Google via their uh, either manually or through an API mm-hmm. in AdWords. 
And then so it's, the emails are then matched against the Google sign-ins. And so you have to be signed in yes, in order for Google yes. to use this feature. So you have to be signed into Gmail or Chrome or Android or right, something like exactly. that. Right, exactly. So you have to be signed into your Gmail account in order for this to actually take effect or work yeah. or receive an ad based yeah. on this. So if you were to open up an incognito window and start your Justin Bieber searches... And uh, yeah. you, you probably wouldn't see these ads. Probably not. I mean, yeah. incognito itself to me is a little bit ambiguous, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, incognito is a way to browse um, via Chrome, uh, the Chrome platform that doesn't necessarily store cookies mm-hmm. or any search history. I don't know how true that is, but um, yeah, I assume that if you would go incognito, then you wouldn't receive these ads right. anyways. So the emails are in there. They're anonymous. You can't go back in and, like, sign people up or write right. down their emails. Right, right, and that's like – that. exactly. So that's completely anonymous. Um, so you don't you don't feel it's any more insecure than <laughs> any of the other kind of CRM targeting or, no. or whatever? No, I don't feel like it's insecure at all. I mean, I, I feel that, you know, Google being the company that they are and how – tight to the chest with all of their software that they wouldn't release something like this mm-hmm. if they had any sort of fear that private information was going to get leaked, right? Because, yeah. you know, PII is some of the most valuable information out there nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we just heard about a huge hack on T-Mobile, I think it was today. Oh, yeah, it was Experian data. Yeah, right? yeah, there's a ton of data that just got hacked. But I don't think Google would, would go this route mm-hmm. to... Um, expose any of their uh, consumers to sort of any uh, security breach. Yeah. So you can target so you can target people that are in your CRM system. Yes. Can you exclude those people too? I'm assuming you can. I don't yeah. see anything uh, saying that you can or cannot. So you basically but, can do all the normal, probably bid modifiers. Yep. You could target. You exactly. Could so you would use bid modifiers. You would use um, location modifiers. All, all of the great uh, tools that you have at your, exposal, your disposal can be used for this. Um, I think excluding is a great idea mm-hmm. because what you can do then is you can start building your se- sequential messaging and your remarketing a lot stronger mm-hmm. by targeting those who did one action and did not do another action based on email address. Yeah. yeah. So it it's probably be- going to, if you're a search marker, it's probably going to be more work because you're going to have more different types of campaigns, yes. probably more messaging. Yeah. But in the end, you, you know you're going to. Uh, reach the right person. I definitely think it's going to be more work, but I think it opens up a lot of great opportunities that we haven't had before to get more sophisticated mm-hmm. and actually have some more fun with, with our our ad units, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, search is a, it's a conversation, right? Every time you search something, you're technically asking a question. It's mm-hmm. not in the form of a question, but you're looking for information. So, like, it's us answering that question to you. Mm-hmm. Like on a one-to-one basis, yeah. right? So if I search in, you know, you know, hippopotamus facts, and I get an ad for, you know, hippopotamusfacts.com, it says, oh, you know, you searched this last week, you know, you re- don't you remember how much a hippopotamus weighs? And I'd be like, no, I don't. Click on that ad. Boom. Done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think it's I think it'll be interesting, and and it'll be a lot of. Uh, actual fun for us search geeks mm-hmm. um, in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I mean, I I thought that was huge news. I thought that was um, it is big. It really it really kind of changes the uh, the model because there's been things like bid modifiers and you know you you could bid a little more, bid a little less. But I think this is one of the this is one of the few times where Google has said, okay, 
I'm only going to target this type of people regardless of what they search, or I'm not going to target these types of people regardless of what they search. So I don't know, if it's, say you're an airliner and you know everyone that's like booked a ticket with you, or, or I was kind of thinking, uh, say you know your customers and then they start searching other brands. Yep. So. Um, yeah. You know, you, you know, you have your Delta Sky Miles people, yeah. and uh, they start looking maybe at specifically, you know, flights on Spirit. Yep. You know, you could kind of, you know, maybe have some messaging that says, hey, you know, you know, Spirit, uh, you know, Spirit's a great airline too, but you know, remember that we have exactly. we have these deals as well. Exactly. You, know? you set you'd set up a campaign with mm-hmm. those with those competitor keywords, yep. and then target it to your CRM list to make sure that they're not shopping or or, mm-hmm. or shopping somewhere else. I mean, yeah. that's exactly right. And I think for I think it's important again to say that people that are you know scared or nervous about this this is almost it almost seems like Google more more catching up yeah you know and uh, you know it's still very innovative for them but yeah. it, it is more of a this is already out there this isn't uh, this isn't you know not this is not new technology maybe new for some people yep but uh, this seems like a very common thing and yeah and a lot I think of companies are I, doing this I do think that um, I do think it's it's a little bit of catch up from mm-hmm. Google but again. We don't know if the other engines are doing the same thing. So yeah. Google's doing their thing and being first to market with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're exactly right as far as competitors are concerned. I mean, it's because if you think about it from our standpoint, we're willing to pay more money to get our ad in front of somebody who is searching for a competitor because mm-hmm. we don't want them to leave, yeah. especially if they're already in our CRM system, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden so, your, your, your conquesting terms are almost retention. Yes. You're almost kind of uh, trying to keep these customers that are that are maybe uh, wandering. Exactly. You know, wandering and then we're, we're going to understand that our CPA is actually going to go up, mm-hmm. but um, we're retaining the customers that we might have otherwise lost, yeah. right? So we might have a lower margin, but our CPA uh, – but. Uh, we're still getting that actual sale that they mm-hmm. might have gone somewhere else for. We had a uh, we had somebody that said, "Well, is this going to lower search budgets? Because it's going to be like, okay, well, can we, you know, we're going to exclude all these people or do this or you know, we're more targeted. Is that going to lower our budget?" And my response is, "Well, if anything, I think it'll increase the budget because we'll have more control. Yeah, and then we can start doing things like like you said, you can start." Uh, targeting our people that are searching our current customers that are searching for competitor terms yep. or whatnot so if anything it gives you more options more ways to experiment so maybe maybe some of your spend maybe if you have a bunch of initiatives we have some clients that only want to target their current customers yep um you know we could save some money and make sure that you know the majority of our spend is going to current customers but then we'll probably take any savings and then use some additional tactics you know we can uh we can we can do more things with that, and then like you said, increase our threshold for cost per click yeah. or uh, the cost per outcome because you know we know we know more about this traffic and we're we're willing to pay more for this traffic or uh, speaking to this type of consumer. Yeah, I definitely think that it's um, it's it's in the realm of going to be a must do mm-hmm. right for all advertisers that yeah. have CRM because it's the lowest hanging fruit, mm-hmm. right? So it's. You know, you bid on brand terms, and then you bid on your CRM, folks. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, that's if if you have money to do search, then that's what you should do yeah. because those are the people that are you know have, have interacted with your brand, mm-hmm. who are looking for your brand, and then are going to have the higher propensity to do a purchase. Mm-hmm. Right. You could even do something. You know, clients are always asking us, "Should I bid on branded terms?" And you could even say, "Well, yeah, we're going to bid on branded terms, but people that have not." 
purchased us from Ford that are not in our CRM system. Exclude so CRM on Brave. Yeah, so maybe you still want to do that, but uh, say if somebody's already bought you know nine pairs of shoes from Foot Locker, and I search Foot Locker, well, uh, you know you don't you don't need kind of that navigational uh, paid search ad. That's you a can, very you can, you interesting take. You can rely completely on uh, organic. Yeah, I know that's a very interesting take because I've always been on you know the side of the fence that bidding on brand terms is totally key and now we're, yeah, getting, we're getting into a whole different topic by the way brand terms or non-brand terms bidding Oof. that we could probably spend four hours to talk about yeah, um, we, we might need our producer brian to jot that down for a future yeah future four, future show four hours four, four hours on brand. So, on brand that'll be a special four-part series yeah. yeah well we'll have plenty of good cop bad cop plenty of, of uh, branded terms adult beverages to get us through that yes one. you're gonna need a few of those need, need some breaks need some uh what did i tell stretching. you about brand terms <laughs> oh that's great uh but no to to kind of close that out um yeah i think the um what you said about excluding folks on from your crn system on brand terms is a very interesting idea and i think that that's something that um should be tested out Mm -hmm. uh, by advertisers i think that um it's a possible cost savings right especially if you're um natural search is on point and and ranking in the top spot Mm -hmm. so um and then that savings can be applied somewhere else so it sounds like this is rolling out slowly through i don't think we have a lot of dates but uh no we don't have might be able uh, to get it up by the end of the year yeah we don't have any dates um i'm looking right now and i don't see anything yet but uh 2016 will probably be be big for us yes customer match and 2016. Yeah. So watch I mean, out as for soon it. as it comes out, it's it's yeah. big for everyone. So we, we recommend all all marketers. I know uh, Search Engine Land, Marketing Land had a few articles. And yep, the Verge.com had an article. Uh, iProspect put out a great POV. If you go to iProspect.com, a lot of great resources on there. You mm-hmm. can uh, go take a look at what we what our company thinks about it. But um, I think it's it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun things for us and uh, a lot of good stuff to share with our with our clients and. You consumers out there, hopefully, will reach you, reach you in a, in a good way. Yeah, we'll we'll re- reach out and touch someone. Yeah. Is that that's still a thing. That that is definitely still somebody's slogan. Okay, whose slogan was that back? Was that that was some phone? Was that like Hold AT&T on. or reach out? AT and T. If only there was some sort of uh, interface in front of you. Where where, you know, where could I go and where type in something to search for information, <laughs> and then that information would be put or displayed in front of me? It would be nice. Well, uh, so those, those are two of our topics that I think we are going to wrap up with the uh, Microsoft and Yahoo and their uh, AT and T. Sorry, AT and T. AT and T. Yeah, oh, okay. ding. I thought uh, AT and T was uh, also included. Completely in interrupted you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think well, yeah, we'll wrap up. So so tell me about the uh, the Bing ads, Yahoo uh, breakup or. Uh, you know, agreement to go their separate ways. It's not you, it's me. Right. Um, what's what's uh, what's going on with this? That's, I mean, that's a good way to put it. it it's not you, it's me. Like Costanza said, I invented this. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> right? If, it, if it's anyone, it's me. It's definitely. <laughs> um, so no, so they um, came to agreement that they were going to um, end their partnership. Um, and what was going to happen is that Yahoo... Um, and Microsoft were going to manage their sales relationship separately. Okay. So what, um, what was their 
initial so their initial agreement was that um, they wanted to it was 2009 um, it was called like a search alliance Mm -hmm. Uh, what they did is they set up a um, agreement for Yahoo to serve being ads and leverage being algorithm Um, Bing would manage the technology Um, it covered PC only Um, and then 100% of the PC results on Bing.com and Yahoo.com used to be powered by Bing. Okay. Okay. So then all advertisers would use the Bing ads platform to manage their campaigns. And then... So um, basically Yahoo outsourced their search ads. Yes. To Bing and Microsoft. Exactly. That's okay. exactly right. So um, initially it was like a 10-year deal, but they had uh, the ability to like revise the contract after five years, which okay. is 2015. This is what they did. And what came out of it was Yahoo Gemini. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Yahoo Gemini is now Yahoo's search platform exclusively. Okay. Um, desktop and mobile. Desktop and mobile. Not fully desktop yet, but I'll get into that. So what they did is they they set up the agreement that Yahoo now is able to serve 100% of their mobile traffic um, from their own platform. And 49% of desktop traffic. Okay. And the other okay. 51 is going to Bing? Other 51 is going to be Bing ads, mm-hmm. right? So there's going to be a little disparity on the Yahoo desktop platform. Okay. Um, there's some differences in the ad units that we can get into later. Um, but what's going to happen is essentially marketers are now going to have three different platforms to manage out of. Okay. So if you have... That camp- being Google. That being Google, Bing... Bing and Yahoo Gemini. So if you have complete campaign parity where you're running the same campaigns on on Google and Bing, you're going to have to have one more now on Yahoo Gemini to capture that traffic. Okay. Um, The the thing about it was is we were told back in July of Mm -hmm. this sort of split, right, of the the great divorce and, you know, who gets what. Um, What happens is that Yahoo is actually rolling out Gemini very slowly throughout 2015 um, to actually um, accommodate for the amount of traffic that they're going to be capturing. So each okay. vertical's keywords are not going to be rolled out at the same time. Okay. So back then, I believe they started with like travel and finance. Um, the auto industry is going to be rolled over in October. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Uh, further ver- other verticals and industries are going to be rolled out further down 2015. So okay. right now, it's kind of in the transition phase. So marketers who are managing um, Bing campaigns um, are still serving ad units on Yahoo um, specifically uh, for particular verticals, um, but they would have to like reach out to Yahoo directly to find out which ones those are. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the gist of it, and it's and it's pretty interesting because um, it allows you know marketers now to to have another lever to pull, um, specifically mobily, because mm-hmm. we know that you know mobile traffic itself is going through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, that Yahoo is now a solid player in the mobile space, mm-hmm. um, specifically in search. That um, 
Because before you couldn't distinguish Bing or Yahoo Mobile. Correct. Right. Those ones, it was going through Bing, and it was you didn't really know which one it was going to show. Correct. Up there on, was so there was control. I think there might have been a report you could have pulled that showed publisher. Mm -hmm. um, but you couldn't target separately. Right. I okay. don't think you could target separately at all. Mm -hmm. But now you can. So now you can gain learnings on those actual users, right? Mm -hmm. So we do know that Bing users tend to be a little older. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about the the Yahoo specific user. So yeah. now is the time to start gaining those learnings and, and actually research uh, what the Yahoo user is and how they behave um, in the searches. Yeah. So is it going to, so besides just another publisher to include if you want, you know, full parity or whatever, yeah. is there any other kind of major impact to the consumer or to the, to the advertiser? Um, I don't think so. Mm. Um, I mean, more, for more kind of the business side. Well, the business know. side of it is that um, Yahoo staffed up and actually has their own account management teams now. Okay. So, for those of us in the industry who work on agency side, um, we will be getting like Yahoo specific representatives, okay. and then Bing specific representatives. Okay. So now those that partnership and that marriage is over. That they'll be presenting and meeting with teams separately mm -hmm. um, and having conversations about obviously budgets and everything separately. So um, that's the business side of it. Like budgets are, are going to be different. Um, teams are going to be a little different um, but uh, and operations are going to be different. Um, other than that, you know, the platform itself, uh, the interface for Yahoo Gemini is completely different. It's, it's a little clunky right now, mm -hmm. but they're um, working on improving it. I know that uh, last time I saw it, there's a lot of filter issues. It was, right. it had some, it had some major issues. Like it wasn't designed for like power users yeah. and like major always, advertisers. They, they, I think they've even made leaps and bounds since even a few months ago. Right? Yeah, so I we think expect so. it to get up to speed pretty quickly though. And ideally, yeah, and that's mm -hmm. what I've heard is that, um, you know, they're making changes to their UI uh, continuously, trying to get ramped up. Um, I don't know if they were actually prepared for the amount of people that would flock to. Mm that uh, platform. So I think they've been getting a lot of f good feedback about what to change and how to change it. And I know they've asked uh, specifically, you know, people on our teams of what they think to make changes to it. So it's been a pretty good process and uh, I'm excited to see what they do for 2016. Um, aside from search, you know, they, through the Yahoo Gemini uh, ad platform, you can also serve the native ad units, right? Mm -hmm. So the native ad units are the new it thing. They're the ones that look like actual news stories, mm -hmm. either in your news or in like the Yahoo news feed or on Yahoo properties, like the magazines. So these are interesting ad units. I like these. Um, sometimes I think they look like clickbait personally yep. because a lot of them a lot of them you're going to see are like top 10 things yeah. uh, superheroes do when they go to the supermarket well, that's, that's probably like right? you know you have <laughs> <laughs> right that, I, I like that one I, I already clicked on that yeah. I, you, you would right you well, click on that and then you get a, you get a slideshow and you have to click through nine other things yeah it's like a bad ad you see a bad ad and you look at it and I don't really know you know what's the negative term that everyone uses but yeah you know there's there's, there's bad ads you see yeah. it, you're like ah oh, this this is cheesy or you know this this looks like a shady ad it's yeah. the same with native you see native and if it's a good ad you yep. know it's it's going to be good but if it uh, you can also easily you know go too far with it and like you said it looks like clickbait or it looks shady as well yeah so. exactly and i think the 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 goal is to make it you know, as seamless as possible to to make it look like a news feed or so a, a regular article. It. 
But I mean, let's, let's make it relevant too, right? Yep. And that's why people click on it is because of that headline unit, right? Mm-hmm. That headline um, that is so captivating um, that people just, just want to click on it and see what's on the inside. I mean, we're currently, the account that I work on, we're currently running some and we're trying to keep it um, less ad-y, yep. you know? But I still want to shy away from the, you know, check out this, 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 mm-hmm. or 10 reasons to do this, because we want to supply our consumers with some solid product information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our goal is to deliver that in a more um, human tone, yeah. right? So it's a, it's a more natural way to deliver that um, product info. Yeah, and you're not looking for just traffic or whatever, like those right. places that are like, you know, top 10 hairstyles that David Beckham. Yeah. Invented. I did click on that. You full did? disclosure. It was it was a good one. Okay, give me number five. Give me number five. Number five was the uh, the top bun. Oh. I think he even had cornrows for a hot sec. Dude, uh, give me all of them. I want number eight. I don't, I don't even did know. Has, the, did high, do the, the high and tight. The high and tight. Well, the current one, which uh, for those of you not watching the video podcast, uh, I think I I'm, I'm shying towards this is, this is my haircut, but I still think the uh, you know the business on the sides party on top you know where you got the the two guard on the sides the long hair on top i still credit that to either saving private ryan or inglorious bastards so i don't don't think people that say that saving saving back of ryan saving private ryan yeah Yeah. definitely it's like the high and tight and the nice and long on the top more more, yeah i think that's more of a matt damon style it is kind of matt damon i think it's more of like a like a swinger style yeah yeah Yeah, that's more the movie swingers yeah so i think of that i think of the uh the uh who's Help me out. Who's the, who's the uh, not the Zoot Suit Riot guy? The Brian Setzer. Yeah, Brian Setzer. Yeah. Not the Zoot Suit Riot guy. Zoot Suit Riot. We're the <laughs> big, squirrel, squirrel big zippers. Yeah. <laughs> that big bad voodoo daddy. Big bad. Oh, yeah. 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 There you go. When we get a Twitter handle, please tweet us your uh, your favorite uh, ska and uh, swing bands. Please do. Back in the day, ska is another topic. No, yes. but but you're right. I mean the um, the native ad unit is not supposed to look ad. It's yeah. supposed to look natural. And that's, um, I think that's what a lot of advertisers are struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, for users out there who who want to kind of identify what's an ad and what's not an ad, in the Yahoo Gemini or in the Yahoo platform, or excuse me, in the Yahoo actual um, sites, all of their parents or sister sites, you'll see a text that says sponsored mm-hmm. on the actual image or within the text next to the image, and that's how you know it's an ad. So if you really want to click through to it, you can. Um, but if you don't want to click through it, don't click it because you're ruining our metrics. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Plug for uh, yeah, Brandon's metrics. Word to the wise. Don't click on my ad unless you plan on doing something. Well, I think uh, I think with that, it's a good, good time to wrap it up. So which of, uh, again, we covered ad blockers. We covered Google's new customer match. Yep. We covered... Uh, Microsoft, Yahoo, their uh, evolving relationship. Which which uh, one are you most excited to kind of follow and see what happens? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm most excited to follow the um, first party data stuff. Yeah, I'm super interested in that. Yeah, yeah, I want to see I want to see where that goes. Yeah. I want to see all of the unique and interesting ways people in our industry start using mm-hmm. that. Um, a lot of the case studies. Yeah, they're, they're going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's yeah. it's going to supply us with some great information on on. Um, behavior after purchase or after sign up. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, and totally it might what make, uh, you know, it might make, we covered a lot of search today, but it might make, uh, you know, 
another channel like Facebook or something. You're doing some more stuff to gather CRM data. You know, you could maybe collect emails through another channel and leverage that on search. So, you know, get that omni-channel, that integrated marketing plan. So, what about you? What are you? What are you hot on? What's the hot take for you? I'm thinking. I'm yeah. I'm I'm super hot. One of our one of the accounts I'm on, they're all about targeting existing customers and you know really speaking to them. So I think I think that's uh, that's our favorite. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be some pains getting all the data linked up because uh, we're gonna move. We're gonna. Are, uh, we're kind of uh, restricted and only doing like automated API calls and stuff like that for the data. But I think we'll be, I'm even kind of excited to, you know, see how that goes and get, uh, get all the different companies and all our different partners talking to each other to really help us put out some good ads and some good targeting. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, well, uh, if you, again, for the customer match and uh, a lot of other great POVs, we recommend going to uh, iProspect.com, www.iProspect.com. You don't need the slash at the end. But, uh, yeah, we have, again, we have a great POV on the customer match and uh, a lot of other things. There's, a I think, a POV on the Yahoo Gemini and uh, yep. some a lot good of stuff from the SEO side. Yeah, yep. good stuff. Yeah, so, so check that out. Um, visit uh, iProspect on Facebook. Check it out. At iProspect, good Twitter on LinkedIn. There. On LinkedIn, there's got to be stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah, there's yeah. always judge. We're always hiring. We're hiring. We are hiring right now. Not for uh, we. We are actually all good on Sound Engineer. Yep. Surprisingly, well, at least for this week, we'll listen to back to the uh, the first episode. I'm probably still on a probationary. He's good probationary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to get him. out of, nece- out of necessity, these guys. Get a job. So, uh, but yeah, again, for uh, Brian McGuire on the board, Brandon Wood, yeah. and Eric Gorman, uh, thanks for listening to the uh, episode zero. We won't even call this episode one. This is episode zero. Episode so, the pilot. The pilot episode. The pilot episode. So, uh, again, this has been Conversation with a Tent. Thank you for listening. See ya.